Hi everyone, this is Austin Bridges welcoming you to the LL Research Podcast in the Now, episode number 18. LL Research is a nonprofit organization dedicated to freely sharing spiritually oriented information and fostering community, and towards this end has two websites the archive website, llresearch.org, and the community website, bringforth.org. During each episode, those of us at LL Research form a panel to consider questions from spiritual seekers. Our panel consists of Jim McCarty, husband to the late Carla Ruckert, scribe for the Raw Contact, and president of LL Research. Along with Gary Bean and myself, we're working hard to keep the mission of LL Research alive and well, each of us a devoted seeker and student of the Law of One. We intend this podcast to be a platform of discussion as we consider questions from spiritual seekers that often challenge us to articulate our own perspective. Our replies to these questions are not final and authoritative. Instead, they are generally subjective interpretations stemming from our own studies and life experiences. We ask each who listens to exercise their own discernment and listen for their own resonance in determining what is true for them. If you'd like to submit a question for the show, please do so. Our humble podcast relies on your questions. You may either send us an email at contact at llresearch.org or go to www.llresearch.org slash podcast for further instructions. Again, I'm Austin, and we're embarking on a new episode of LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. Hey, guys. You ready? I'm ready. I am. Alrighty. Jumping straight into our first question comes from the Joan via Bringforth, who submitted two questions for us. And Joan starts out saying, Very nice of you guys to start channeling again. Thank you very much for still doing this. I was actually hoping that you guys would come back so we may keep reading all those messages of love and wisdom that has helped us many has helped many people, including myself, in understanding our infinite creator. I have a couple of questions that if you can help me with, I'll be very grateful. Thank you, Joan. Uh, we just started our channeling meditations again. That's what Joan's referring to. Um, Joan's first question is, uh, has to do with the human energy that I cannot explain I can feel. It comes when I focus in bringing out this energy, but I'm not sure what it is. I can relate it with the chakras, but I'm not sure exactly. I'm pretty sure Mr. Jim can feel that energy, which for me, I can't explain it, but I can feel it. Are these energies the chakras of the body? I can cover my whole body with this, and it gets me tired sometimes. Uh, Mr. Jim, <laughs> apparently, maybe you can feel it too. Uh, any interpretation for what the Joan is talking about? Well, it's, uh, I don't know if there's enough information to go on there. I, there's some possibilities. She says, uh, I can feel it when I focus in bringing out this energy. So I'm wondering if she's focusing in a conscious sense or if this is a meditation that she's focusing uh, what exactly precipitates these feelings? She mentions uh, that she can feel it over her whole body. I ca- she says, I can cover my whole body with this. So it sounds like she's doing something active and something conscious. So I'm wondering um, why she's covering her body or what her purpose is and how exactly she's doing it. She also wants to know if it's uh, related to the chakras. And that would pe- probably be my uh, best guess, is that there's something going on as far as various chakras that are being activated, uh, which would be probably be in response to what she's working on in her daily life. Uh, you know, if it's something personal in the orange ray, something in a group in the uh, yellow ray, something in the universal love, opening the heart, or communication with the throat. So that would be a, a possibility, but for what the response or the the reason would be for covering her whole body. I really don't know. Um, 
How about you, Gary? <laughs> I'll pass the buck. <laughs> no, you sure you don't want to say some more? Because <laughs> I'm going to strike out on this one. I have strengths and weaknesses, certainly, and uh, this is a deficiency in my understanding. Couple that with the fact that um, there's not too much to go on here. Um, I would think that necessarily all energy is somehow or another related to the chakras. So the Joan, I think that goes without saying that your chakras are at play somehow. Um, some speculative guesses for you. Uh, there's the body that we occupy in third density, apparently, is the yellow ray body. Um, perhaps you are becoming conscious of the operation of the astral body, which is associated with the green ray chakra. And then Ra indicates that the devaconic or devaconic um, body is associated with the blue ray and the etheric etheric body with the indigo ray perhaps you're feeling subtle non-physical bodies and um they would interpenetrate your whole body from foot to head so maybe that's what you're feeling by saying uh, you can cover it <clears throat> cover your physical body with it uh you also mentioned that it gets you tired sometimes and i think that Running higher energies can um, burn up the physical energy or the vital energy. So perhaps that also is the case. Um, I'm, I apologize for the limitations of my own mind <clears throat> or understanding, rather. I think I was a good shot at it, Gary. <laughs> oh, thank you yeah, very much. Nice try. How about you, Austin? What do you got today? Um, it is unfortunate, and I think... The, the idea of energy and just the term energy is so vague within the New Age community and the Law of One community that it's really hard, even if the question was a little more specific, it's really hard to get to the bottom of what this might be. Um, there's, I think that we all pretty much agree and believe that there's uh, subtle energies that our scientific instruments may not have really discovered yet that we use our bodies as instruments to um, discover instead. But since it is such a subjective thing and we have to use our own consciousness, that there's no like objective interpretation of these energies. And when two people in the New Age community or who meditate a lot and feel certain energies, both of them could be saying they have certain sensations and they feel certain energies – but I feel like they could be talking about maybe completely different things. And it's just really difficult to get on the same page with this kind of stuff. So on top of the vagueness of the question, the just the whole concept is really vague as well. But um, I pretty much agree with you guys that it's probably likely related to the chakra system. Uh, but also maybe the Joan uh, you could look into <laughs> um, when Ra talks about identifying sensations in the body and that being part of the work of balancing the body. Um, these sensations might be useful for you in just uh, becoming more familiar with the body and becoming more familiar with the balances of the body. And uh, if you run a search on the law of one or law of one.info just for sensations or body sensations, there's some good information on how you could probably utilize these to help deepen your meditations. So that's about all I can offer for that first question from the Joan. Um, any more thoughts before we move on to the next one? 
Mm-mm. No, I don't believe so. All righty. Uh, the Joan goes on to ask, <laughs> uh, when I'm meditating, I use the visualization type. It's hard for me to stay quiet in my mind. I feel something on the top of my head. Ra commented on this in this passage, and this is from session 44, question 4. Don asked, can you tell me how I would hear a positively oriented signal? And Ra answered, two types there are of positive signals. First, in the right ear location, the signal indicates a sign that you are being given some unworded message, saying, listen, take heed. The other positive sign is the tone above the head, which is a balanced confirmation of a thought. Then Joan continues, Now I have felt many beautiful things from our brothers and sisters of the Confederation, uh, but it is like I'm always doing the talking. How can I hear them in a way that I know what they are saying? Because most of the time I can feel their feelings. I try to give them my feelings, but as a visualization type of meditation, what else can I do? Any thoughts on that one, Gary? A couple. First is that um, I think that oftentimes the third density being will not be completely aware that they are receiving information or inspiration or guidance from confederation sources. For instance, um, consider 14.25. The questioner asks, how do you perform your normal service? How have you normally given the law of one over the last 2,300 years? How have you normally given this to earth people? Ra says, we have used channels such as this one, but in most cases, the channels feel inspired by dreams and visions without being aware consciously of our identity or existence. So there is the possibility, the Joan, that... Uh, you have been inspired by confederation sources without quite being aware that it's coming from outside of yourself or from uh, sources such as the confederation. Um, and uh, there, this, the second part of my reply is that um, over the years, various people have reported receiving something, inspiration, information, guidance, or energy from uh, the confederation uh, there's no means of determining how that energy is received or from what source at least from us though i guess we could give basic guidelines of um, assessing positive versus negative information uh, but in terms of you wanting to <clears throat> receive clearer guidance from the confederation and finding a visualization for that uh, i would counsel to find be creative and find something that really uh triggers you into being an empty receptive vessel um a few random ideas um you could picture yourself in a classroom and the information uh appearing on a upon a chalkboard actually i might have been inspired by the one known as austin that sounds familiar similar to something uh, i think he said last week um you could visualize yourself holding a telephone and asking a question and awaiting a reply or you could visualize yourself as an empty lake bed uh receiving the rains of information and inspiration so um i think you just have to really set the intention and emphasize the intention and um Hold whatever configuration really helps to make you um, receptive. And again, and a, and a, and a final note, um, do consider also that um, 
Well, I think we can all receive some manner of inspiration from confederation sources. If you're seeking to actually relay vocal information or written information or to be a channel of any sort, um, that is a whole other ballgame and um, requires careful uh, preparation and work and tuning and challenging and so forth. That's it for me. Thank you, The Joan. How about you, Jim? Well, she's using uh, visualization meditation right now, so I would recommend continuing on the meditation and asking a question instead of visualizing uh, whatever kind of uh, information you're seeking. What's the the major concern in your spiritual life uh, at the time? Ask a question about it and then meditate. And then check your intuition as you're meditating to see what kind of feelings come back. And then if you want to later on, after you're through meditating and you've gotten some intuitive feelings to work with, um, you can think about them and see how they uh, feel to you. But then you could also uh, try using a pendulum and uh, see if you can get some other indication from your subconscious mind as to the value of the meditational information that you've gotten. Um, Other than that, I don't know really how you could try to get more specific information. Usually the Confederation does not send uh, specific information to people who are not instruments working in a group. They usually send uh, maybe an image in a dream or maybe in meditation or feelings. So that's why I'm suggesting that you look at your feelings and see what kind of feelings you get. And you could make it more specific, as I said, though, by asking certain questions. How about you, Austin? Along the same theme as both you and Gary are touching on, the sense I got from the Joan is that she was maybe trying to get specific information in the form of direct words or, excuse me, hear a voice or something like that, which I would emphasize what Gary said, doing that... Uh, based on LL Research's decades of channeling experience and the methods that Carla has come up with, um, it's something that requires a lot of practice. It requires a balanced group and tuning. And doing so alone and opening yourself up to essentially channeling alone, I know that there have been some people that do that in the channeling community, and uh, there is some varying success, but I think the... Uh, what I see is the quality of LL Research's channeling is a testament to the success of the methods that Carla and LL Research have developed. So I would uh, say maybe stray away from opening yourself up to the Confederation for specific words or something like that, uh, because that opens you up to other things as well. But I did also have a comment on the idea of the silent meditation versus visualization. And I really think that, um, and, you know, the Jones says that they can't uh, get into the silent state of mind. But I think that is a problem that almost everybody re- uh, comes up with once they start trying to meditate. And uh, to just give up on that and instead go for other types of meditation is a natural response and is probably useful And we talked about this somewhat in the last show as well, but I would just like to emphasize that the importance of silent meditation is um, really a keystone, I think, to spiritual work, especially with something like what the Joan is trying to do. I think that uh, it is worth it to practice 
maybe it, you can't get a silent state of mind at first, but if you just start in small increments and dedicate just a couple minutes a day at first to sitting and trying to be silent, and even if you don't succeed, just count that as your meditation and just keep doing it every day, eventually it's like a muscle. You get uh, better at it and it strengthens and you can increase the amount of time that you sit in silence and you can increase the ease that silence comes. And uh, I think that it's really important to not just skip that step. Um, Ross said in session five, uh, in question two, the prerequisite of mental work is the ability to retain silence of self at a steady state when required by the self. The mind must be opened like a door. The key is silence. And I think if Joan is attempting to receive some more uh, specific guidance um, then that silence is a key part of that because uh, from what I understand, visualization typically has more specific uses such as the uh, banishing ritual of the lesser pentagram. From the way I understand it is that's uh, the type of visualization that Ra was referring to and that it's a specific use to invoke specific energies but maybe not might not be so conducive to opening yourself up to receiving information. But uh, Gary gave some really cool examples that I hadn't thought of, of maybe how visualization can be translated into receiving information. But I still feel like having the silent state of mind is really important in receiving that kind of information. As once you get to the point where maybe you're visualizing yourself as a lake being filled, once you're being filled, you have to be able to a silence your own mind to receive what you're hoping to receive. Um, so I just wanted to stress the importance of a uh, silent meditation uh, as opposed to visualization, not to say quit doing the visualization. If it's working, absolutely do it, but maybe try practicing the silence a little bit more. Um, I think that's about all I have to offer for that one. Are we uh, finished up with the Joan? You guys have any more thoughts? Uh, one more little quick one there. You suggested that she meditate just for a few minutes if that's all that she can do uh, in a you know in a sitting with keeping the mind silent. You might try doing that a number of times during the day too. Whenever you have a few minutes free, just sit and meditate for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever. Because that is the same thing of strengthening the muscle and it really does help. Yeah, uh, sometimes in the office we get out of the ha habit, but Gary has um, meditation timers that either at uh, set intervals or random intervals, a bell will ring, and we use that opportunity to just take 30 seconds to uh, breathe and concentrate our breath and return our thoughts to the self and the creator. And that's really helpful. Um, sometimes when we're trying to get stuff done, it can seem like a distraction, but... Uh, it is a very helpful practice, I think, just throughout the day. Take those little moments of silence. <clears throat> Any more thoughts from you, Gary? No, none from me. All righty. Thank you, The Joan, for your questions. We have some more questions from an anonymous seeker via email who asks, Is it possible to retune a corrupted channel? If yes, then how shall I imagine the mechanics behind retuning? And for reference, there's a passage from the raw material. In session 12, question 15, Don asked, Is it possible for an entity here on Earth to be so confused as to call both the Confederation and the Orion Group in an alternating way, one, then the other, then back to the other? 
And Ra responded, It is entirely possible for the Untuned Channel, as you call that service, to receive both positive and negative communications. Let's start with you, Jim. How do you feel about that one? Well, I'm hoping that uh, Anonymous is working with a group, because if you're a channel, you shouldn't be working by yourself. If you're working by yourself, there's the reason you've got um, a contact. If it's with uh, extraterrestrials, it could be mixed. Uh, could have started out positive and then become mixed because you don't have the group to help uh, provide the protection. And you need at least three people in a group in order to provide the protection for the one that's serving as the instrument. So if you are in the situation of having a group and you do want to try to retune so that you can uh, pick up the highest and best information that you can hold in a stable manner, then I would suggest that you um, get a copy of a channeling handbook or go to www.llresearch.org and read it for free online because in there, Carla gives you all that you need to know. And the basic things that I would suggest you focus on are what she came up with in the way of tuning yourself as an instrument before you do any channeling so that you have raised your vibrations to the highest point that you can hold them stably. And then as you go into meditation... Uh, keep that tuning going and be available for challenging any entity that wishes to speak through you in the name of whatever it is that you would live for and uh, gladly die for if necessary. Now, that challenging process means you may have to go through a lengthy process of looking at whatever it is inside of you or in your life that you feel is of such importance and such a value that you would gladly die for it if necessary, but that you would definitely live for it throughout your life. We all, if we're going to serve as instruments, have to have something like that. And uh, Carla challenged in the name of Jesus. Uh, when I was working with her, I challenged the name of the Christ consciousness, but I also now challenge the name of Jesus because of my own personal experiences. So you need to find a quality or an entity that you can get behind with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And in the name of that entity, you challenge whatever entity that wishes to channel through you. And I would suggest doing it three times. Because in the metaphysical world, thoughts are things. And what they say there, when you challenge, for example, in the name of Jesus, uh, they pretty much have to tell you the truth. Um, because when you're, you're going up against love, you know, the, the, the epitome of love, there is no lying. Uh, so... Do the work you need to do in order to find out what you would challenge in the name of, and then use that challenging technique in your own channeling. That's what I would suggest. How about you, Gary? <clears throat> Nothing to add or um, deepen your um, excellent response. I would just add uh, one little detail for consideration, and um, that's regarding the possibility of retuning. Uh, I mean, Jim has already explicitly made clear that uh, not only is it possible, but how. But um, here's something else to consider if you get stymied on the question of is it possible. Um, consider that in 19.18, um, there's this Q&A. Uh, the questioner asks, I assume that an entity on either path can decide to choose paths at any time and possibly retrace steps the path changing being more difficult the farther along um, is gone. Is this correct? Ra says, this is incorrect. The further an entity has what you call, what you would call polarized, the more easily that this entity may change polarity for the more power and awareness the entity will have. 
Those truly helpless are those who have not consciously chosen, but who repeat patterns without knowledge of the repetition of the meaning of the pattern. Um, actually, <laughs> I'm realizing that I probably... Uh, this isn't too connected. I was originally thinking that, um, well, if an entity can change polarity, you can spend so many years developing the positive path and then decide for whatever reason that they um, would like to be on the, upon the negative path and, and can switch that, then surely an instrument can um, retune itself. Maybe there's some correlation there, but... Uh, Probably not. But anyway, if you wanted to consider that, you could. And if not, I wouldn't blame you. Um, that's my reply. Austin, how about you? Um, pretty much on the same line as you guys, except maybe we could touch upon what might create an imbalanced channel and uh, the types of examples that Ra gave for an untuned or imbalanced channel. Um, red flags, I guess you could say which I think one big one that occurs a lot in the channeling community is specific dates given for events and especially events having to do with fear or some kind of doom and gloom kind of events. I think if you are attempting to retune a corrupted channel, uh, whatever our anonymous seeker means by that or whatever application I think it would be important to identify the aspects of the channeling that are negative and I think those kind of specific dates are a telltale sign of a negative influence on the channel and so uh, moving away from questions dealing with specific dates moving away from questions dealing with um, doom and gloom or very specific material things and moving more towards questions dealing with spiritual, eternal truths. I think that might be a good way to tune the channel. Um, I think that was sort of a theme in the raw material as well. Uh, Jim, you might be able to speak on this, and that the questioning had a lot to do with the tuning of the contact itself, and that raw would came up with a method of uh, informing you when there was untuned questions, essentially, when it was too specific and not uh, touching on the heart of what Ra wanted and talking about the alignments. Uh, could you talk about that for maybe a minute? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, Carla had discovered that before the Ra contact, too, that uh, the line of questioning is very important. You cannot be dealing with uh, fear and doom sorts of questions or specific information about when certain things are going to happen because that's, that's unimportant. It's uh, infringement on free will, for one thing. But in the raw contact, we had uh, various uh, items at the head of the bed where Carla was lying that were meant to give her assistance and a feeling of peace and comfort. Since she was a Christian, the Bible was placed at her head, open to the chapter of John, uh, verse 1. There was a chalice of water to one side, uh, incense to the other side. And these had to be related to each other in a certain way, the alignment now, after a while, um, I think it was session number eight was the first time we, we saw a mention of the alignment. Ra would say at the end when Don would ask, is there anything that we can do to improve the contact or to make the, the instrument more comfortable? So this gave Ra a chance to comment upon the session. And Ra, a couple of times, would say um, something concerning the alignment. The, uh, the alignment is good, or maybe the alignment is slightly out. The uh, incense is... 0.02 degrees out of alignment. We said to ourselves afterward, 0.02, how do you even measure that? So we figured Ra wasn't really talking about the physical alignment. They were talking about the metaphysical line of questioning. And if you go through the various uh, 
sessions of the, the Law of One, and you'll see that at the end of each session, there's usually some mention made about the alignment. And sometimes uh, we're <laughs> suggested that the alignment needs some help. So, um, yeah, you do need to get your line of questioning along uh, the spiritual aspects that you need to be focusing on uh, information that is good now and 10,000 years from now. If it's not going to be good 10,000 years from now, it's not that type of immutable truth, then it's not something you really want to be dealing with in a channeling session. Deal with that someplace else. And the channeling sessions stay on the purpose of the evolution of the mind, body, and the spirit. Yeah, so I think that speaks to the importance of... I think the questions would naturally arise out of the alignment of the group. But that might be something that you could examine if you're in a group. And it seems like questions coming forth are just really specific and dealing with material things and events. Then it might be a sign to reconsider what your intentions are in channeling and um, try to orient yourself more towards those eternal truths. There's also an aspect of temptation that uh, Ra mentioned. And I didn't find any actual sessions. I didn't take the time to find any specific mentions but from what i understand is that um channels open themselves up to uh temptations from orion groups temptations to maybe um puff up the group's personality make them feel more very important make them feel like they're on a some sort of mission to really share a message of uh, zealotry almost and i think uh, that is also something that you could look out for in trying to identify a, an untuned group and um, figure out how to retune is when you notice that there are temptations and maybe tendencies to uh, puff up the group like that, then it might be good to examine those and that might help to uh, uncorrupt a channel. Along that line, uh, the reason the temptations come from the negatively oriented entities is because there needs to be a balance of opportunity for an instrument to channel either the positive or the negative. When uh, you are channeling positively oriented information, the negatively oriented entities have to have the opportunity to also have themselves heard. So they will come and see if they can get through to you. That's why you really do need to be careful and to use the tuning techniques and the line of questioning to be careful about that because it is going to happen. It's just the law of balances. It'll happen to every group. And a lot of groups aren't able to recognize when it's happening. So if you know that that's a real possibility, then you can be on the alert and keep your, your tuning good and your challenging good and your line of questioning is good. All right. Any more thoughts, Gary? Nope. None for me. Thank you to both of you guys for excellent responses. Thank you. Um, I have one more just final quote to share from Ra to give some inspiration in this realm. <clears throat> um, or, Don asked in session 26, question 36, said, I'm assuming that all the UFO groups who were getting telepathic contact from the Confederation were, shall we say, high-priority targets for the Orion Crusaders. And I would assume that a large percentage of them were, shall we say, had their information polluted. Can you tell me, do we have any idea what percentage of these groups were heavily polluted by the Orion information, and if any of them were able to remain purely a Confederation channel? And Ra responded, To give you this information would be to infringe upon the free will or confusion of some living. We can only ask each group to consider the relative effect of philosophy and your so-called specific information. 
It is not the specificity of the information which attracts negative influences. It is the importance placed upon it. This is why we iterate quite often when asked for specific information that it pales to insignificance, just as the grass withers and dies while the love and light of the intimate creator redounds to the very infinite realms of creation forever and ever, creating and creating itself in perpetuity. Why then be concerned with the grass that blooms, withers, and dies in its season only to grow once again due to the infinite love and light of the one creator? This is the message we bring. Each entity is only superficially that which blooms and dies. In the deeper sense, there is no end to beingness. And I think we're about ready to sign off. Just one more mention that if you have any questions at all, please send them in. We are getting low in our database and we could use some replenishment for our uh, discussion here. So, uh, Jim, any last words? Well, we just want to let everybody know we love you with all our hearts and uh, love each other and let's all help bring each other home. You've been listening to LL Research's weekly podcast, In the Now. If you've enjoyed the show, please visit our websites, llresearch.org and bringforth.org. Thanks so much for listening, and a special thank you to those of you who submitted questions. If you'd like to send us a question for us before the next show, please read the instructions on our page at www.llresearch.org podcast. New episodes are published to the archive website every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We are actually taking a week off for the next week. Gary and I will be uh, in Virginia helping to get a spiritual retreat center, hopeful spiritual retreat center, ready for retreats. So we'll have a, a week gap in our publishing. So the Wednesday after that, we will see you then. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>